Welcome to Motherhood Designed, a podcast about balancing all aspects of life as a mother. Join me, Gabriella Dokus, each week as I sit down with a different guest to discuss how they've designed their own version of motherhood. In this episode, I'm talking to Marissa Galante Frank, fashion director in beauty and accessories at Bloomingdale's. Having been in the fashion industry for over a decade, Marissa shared the story of how she's gotten where she is today, as well as how she's adapted to balancing work and mom life since having her daughter a few years ago. From dealing with the mom guilt that comes from work travel, to finding female mentorship, to items that have boosted her confidence as she expects her second child, we had a wonderful and candid conversation about what motherhood has looked like for her in the corporate world. This is a great listen for any new or expecting mom dealing with the balance of work and motherhood. Enjoy. So today I am talking to Marissa Galante Frank. Uh, Marissa, welcome. Hi, Gabriella. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. This is, you know, one of my favorite topics. So happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you because you work for a bigger company. Um, you're not self-employed, which a lot of the guests have been. So I think you'll have a, a different perspective on climbing that ladder and what it's looked like without as much flexibility um, having kids as well. So let's yeah. start with a little bit about you. So where you live, how long you've been married, and how many kids you have in their ages. So I currently live on Long Island, New York. Um, my husband and I got married in 2017. Uh, we lived in the city. We lived in Greenwich Village. We were like, we're never moving, moving out of the city. And then like many people went through, you know, COVID happened, the pandemic happened mm -hmm. and plans changed. So, um, we actually, I had my daughter, I only have one daughter right now and then I'm pregnant. So, um, my daughter's two and a half. So I had her in April, 2020. So oh, wow. very much COVID times. Um, my parents are from Long Island. His parents are from Long Island. So, um, you know, at the time we moved in with my parents actually, uh, and we ended up having my daughter Rose, um, on Long Island. So then once we were out here, um, we kind of, you know, saw how amazing having, you know, your village and your family mm -hmm. around Absolutely. was, and that definitely, you know, informed our decision to move out to Long Island. So it, it, it's great. We're, um, we're quite close to the city, though. We're about 30 minutes from the city. Got it. So it's easy to get in. I know you're in there a lot for work. I see it on Instagram. Yes. Um, <laughs> are you are you looking forward to not having a COVID baby this time? I feel like April 2020 was really uh, such a difficult time for so many people, but you were really probably very isolated the first time around. Yes. Um, overall, I think this pregnancy, so right now I'm about five months pregnant. Um, and I'm having a boy this time. So overall, this pregnancy has just been much better than my first time around. You know, with my daughter, I was really nauseous. So as soon as I became pregnant the second time, I actually was like, I think I'm having a boy. You know, I had that feeling, that gut yeah. feeling. So I was like, I feel different, you know. And I actually found out I was pregnant in the fall. I went to Europe for work twice. And um, I went for fashion week and then I came home for a week and then I had to go back for market appointments, which is when we in the fashion industry will like buy the product right from the designers. Mm -hmm. So um, there was a week in between where I wanted to come home. Right. So I, I didn't want to be away from my family for three weeks. I thought that was too much. So I came home for a week. And within that week, it was the night before I was leaving when I just 
said to my husband, I'm like, I can't go on this trip without knowing if I'm pregnant or not. I think I am, you know? Yeah. And I took the pregnancy test and I was sure enough I was pregnant. <laughs> and, um, you know, I literally went to the pharmacy here in New York um, right away because I just wanted to stock up on like anti-nausea supplies, you yeah. know, things to pack with me um, just because it would be easier than getting that stuff in Europe. So um, that's what I did. And truly, like I got on the airplane, I was like, sort of the entire trip, I was almost like waiting for the other shoe to drop just because I was so nauseous with my daughter and yeah. never did. So, you know, overall, I feel like, you know, COVID not, I mean, COVID is still here very much so, but, um, you know, being less of an unknown, I think mm-hmm. is helpful, of course. And then I think, you know, just ha- feeling a bit better has helped me. And, um, you know, also just the concept of I already have my daughter and my career and my husband and so many other things on my mind that I think, you know, sometimes the first time around is difficult because you're so focused on the pregnancy. Yep. Right. Absolutely. So this time around, I definitely feel more comfortable in my own skin and more comfortable at, you know, my abilities as a mother and a mother to be. So it's overall, it's been good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a confidence with being a second time mom. I assume it grows with every kid that you have, but you're like, okay, I've done this. I've done the birth thing. I've done the newborn thing. I know it's yes. hard, but like here I am and I'm okay on the other side of it. So we're not as stressed right. out <laughs> the second right. time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you touched a little bit on your travel for work. Um, you are a fashion director at Bloomingdale's, which is such a cool job. I feel like that's not to quote a movie, but a million girls would kill for that job. It sounds so great. Um, so tell us a little bit about your career path and how that led to where you are now. Sure. Um, yeah, so I am the fashion director for Accessories and Beauty at Bloomingdale's. Um, and what that means is I really am, I sort of work with my colleagues to come up with, you know, what is sort of like the general vibe and what do we want to stand for as a store in terms of trend direction and fashion voice. So, um, you know, how I got here is, you know, um, I come from a family of four girls. I have three older sisters. It's myself, I have twin sisters and then an oldest sister. So the twins are not identical, they're paternal. And one of them and I, everyone always said we looked alike. And she actually worked in fashion. So everyone would always say, oh, are you going to work in fashion like her? Are you going to work in fashion like her? And I was always like, no, I'm doing my own thing, you know, very much on that, in that camp, right? It was like, no, I want to do advertising. So um, actually in college, I was studying communications. I then switched my major, but I was studying communications and I did an advertising internship. And at that internship, I realized that the only thing I really liked doing (laughs) at that internship was creating like beautiful PowerPoints. Mm -hmm. So I was like, wait a second, this isn't isn't for me. (laughs) So, um, you know, then after that, I pivoted and I interned, you know, the next summer for Michael Kors. Um, And it was a really exciting time at Michael Kors because we were just launching their men's collection. Mm -hmm. So um, I was getting a lot of great exposure to, you know, what it looks like within a company when you're leading up to a big launch of something new. And so at Del- I went to the University of Delaware, and at Delaware, we had trimesters. So I went, had a summer internship at Michael Kors, then I went back for a, um, we had like a winter session. So I went back and interned again there. And that's when that really solidified for me, like, okay, you do want to work in fashion. You really do love this. Um, so, you know, at the same time, what was going on in the world and the culture was like Rachel Zoe, right? Like if you remember that show with Rachel Zoe and Brad Gresky, 
Um, yep. And even like Kelly Catrone, yep. you know, and her part in company. So all of those reality TV shows were out. So I was very much into styling and the concept of being a stylist. Mm-hmm. So um, in college, I, my senior year, I was reaching out to, you know, your network, the people you know, and I actually knew someone who was an assistant at Bloomingdale's for one of our top um, personal shoppers, stylists. And she told me that the top men's personal shopper stylist was looking for an assistant. And um, so I interviewed for that. And then that was my job out of college. I was in personal shopping and our offices, we had an office, but it was within the store. So um, that was sort of my first job out of college. And that was really cool because I was really getting in tune with, you know, what does the customer want? What is she looking for? You know, and then also you know, like what does the consumer like to see and want and how does sort of the fashion industry work from a retailer's perspective, you know, mm-hmm. versus at Michael Kors, it was a vertical, we, what we call a vertical retailer. So they're creating all the product within house and right. then releasing it. Whereas at Bloomingdale's, we are going to designers to pick product for our consumer. Right. So um, I was getting sort of an inside look into that. And then I used to shop for um, some of the fashion directors at Bloomingdale's. So that's when I met um, this woman who became my mentor, who was amazing. And I finally said to her, you know, like, tell me exactly, like, what do you do? Like, wh- what's your day to day? And um, because this was the time that was before Instagram, really, right? So like, right. there wasn't this like, glamorization of like editors and fashion directors, like that wasn't clear. You know, the only thing that I saw was what was on reality TV, which was the Rachel right. Zoe. So she told me about her job. And I was like, wow which is my job now. I was like, wow, that's what I want to do. <laughs> I finally figured it out. Like, Eureka. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is it. Figured it out. Awesome. But the problem was, um, you know, in the industry, like, you know, a fashion director, there's not so many roles, right? It's not like a buying position where there's these big buying teams that buy different categories. Right. So it's more of like a niche role. Um, and it's really only given to people that are more senior in their career. So, um, you know, I sp- basically, I talked to her and and she kind of was like, listen, if we ever change the department around, we'll call you, meaning if they ever add, you know, more junior level positions. Right. And um, I was like, okay, great. In the meantime, I was sick of sort of working within the store. It was just becoming too much for me. I wanted a different experience. I wanted to see where the product was coming from. So mm-hmm. I left, I went to Bill Group. Um, which at the time that was awesome because they were very much like a startup. Cool. It was a really cool experience. So there I was doing, I was an assistant buyer and a merchant assistant. And while buying, I knew wasn't the track for me because it was a smaller company. I was able to really capitalize on these like creative pieces of my job and work and get exposure and work with people all the while I was trying to connect back with like that editorial director or fashion director. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, after many uh, vision boards I was making in my <laughs> East Village apartment. <laughs> One day, um, that fashion director who I met, you know, when I was just out of college called me and said, you oh, know, wow. would you be interested? So I said, yes. And then I interviewed for probably, I was the first person to come into Bloomingdale's as an assistant fashion director. So the interview process, I think all in was probably like six months, you know, oh, wow. so it was a, a long time. Um, but then eventually I came in to Bloomingdale's as an assistant fashion director about nine years ago. So I was assistant fashion director, associate fashion director, and now um, where I am today. That's awesome. It's a cool story. Um, it's it's 
it's cool to see the the trajectory of your career unfold through, like you said, the pre-Instagram days when no one really understood as well as they do now what different roles entailed. And certainly it you, it didn't seem as, as glamorous um, without kind right. of the the day-to-day of Instagram. Um, I also love the stylist shout out because I was a devoted watcher of the hills, the city, yeah, the Ra- Rachel Zoe. And it's what a, what a throwback. I, mean, I feel like that was such a formative time for all of us. What a time, right? Like that. Yeah. And to see those people now, like you, a lot of the people that were on those shows are still have, you know, re- have mm-hmm. really incredible careers. Oh, yeah. So now I still will see them. You know, I remember the first time I met Rachel Zoe. Mm-hmm. I was like, so excited to meet her because she just inspired me so much, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, speaking of amazing working moms, she's certainly one of them. So what does your current day-to-day look like um, at work? What are you responsible for, essentially? Um, so every day is different, which is why I think it's so exciting for me. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely wasn't someone who I thought would be, you know, behind a computer every day. I would say, you know, my day could vary from going to market appointments so meeting with designers, meeting with brands, seeing their collections that are coming out for mm-hmm. the next season, and then sort of helping with my helping my buyers and working with my buyers to figure out what our assortment's going to look like. So what is the product going to look like when you go into a Bloomingdale's or go on Bloomingdale's.com? So okay. that's one piece of my job. We're also very much involved with marketing. So um, you know, I'm the person who's selecting, you know, if you get a Bloomingdale's catalog in the mail, I'm choosing, okay, I want, I want this shoe to be on this page, right? Or I think this is the best bag. So I want to talk mm-hmm. about that bag. Um, we're also responsible for trends. So, um, you know, when you are getting an email from us and it says top handle bags are the most important trend, you know, you need a top handle bag or you need to buy the color red. That's all coming from me and my team. And then also, you know, in terms of trends, like how does that, what is the customer facing journey? you know, in regards to trends. So what do we want to put in the windows at Bloomingdale's? What do we want to put on social media? What do we want to put in emails? What do we want to put on our website? So that's a piece of it. I'm also responsible for finding new brands. Okay. So I'm constantly like out in the marketplace and, you know, I'm looking for, you know, who's the next big designer. I'm also looking for things that fit, you know, the customer's appetite. So if it's not a big designer, is she right now really in tune with pickleball? Just saying that as an example, you know, so she loves pickleball and there's all this cute pickleball merch now. So we should have that at Bloomingdale's, right? So that's sort of an example of these little cultural moments that happen that are important for me to be in tune with. So then we can make sure we carry them. And then I would say the last part of my job is sort of, you know, the easiest way for me to describe it is if you're thinking about the product's journey, From the beginning, so I'm seeing it in the marketplace, right? And then we're buying it and selecting it. Mm -hmm. Then I'm choosing what do I want to market from that? So what do I think should be in social media? What do I think should be in the emails? The last part of that journey is sort of how are we telling her how to wear that merchandise or, um, you know, what to buy, you know, out of that assortment. Got it. It's interesting to hear about the intersection of your job. I, I knew that buying would play a role in it, um, but it sounds like it's you're, you've got your hands in a lot of different departments, buying, marketing. Just oh, it's, yeah. it's an interesting job and it sounds really cool and like you got to wear a lot of hats. And I believe that every day is, is totally different, like you said. You were kind of coming up in your career 
um, as Sheryl Sandberg, Lean In was really a topic of conversation. And it sounds like you were really trying to climb this ladder and, and get the job that you wanted for a long time um, before reaching it. Was there ever a point of that, like consciously leaning in, knowing that you wanted to be at a certain place by the time you had a family? Or was it just, we'll see what happens and, and when that, you know, when I want kids? I think perhaps subconsciously. I I don't think that, you know, I thought, wow, I really want to work hard right now and really try to get there because I know eventually I will have children. Mm-hmm. Because I think I always knew that there would be a way for me to figure out how to do both, I think. Right. Um, but I would say that, I would say that, you know, in those years where I was really focused on my career, not that I'm not now, because I am, but now I have obviously my daughter and my husband, but um, I think passion really drove me. You know, mm-hmm. I think that, and I always say this because I often will talk to um you know, people that are in more junior levels in their career and just, you know, talk to kids in colleges and stuff like that. You know, like, I think I truly believe that if you follow what you're passionate about and you really, um, you know, lean into the things that make you happy um, and bring joy and you're good at them, then I think the success will follow. Um, So I don't think motherhood as I was, you know, as my career was evolving, I don't think motherhood was, was the first thing I was thinking about, but I always knew that I wanted to be a mom too. Yeah. And that's probably something that might be more subconscious for a lot of us than we think that, you know, I'm, I'm working really hard now knowing that that I might not be able to always do that. Um, Cheryl Sandberg made it very like, it's a process, you know, you have to lean in and then you get what you yeah. want. Um, but I think, yeah, like you said, it's it's probably more of a subconscious thing for a lot of us. I think also I have been lucky enough in my career to have a lot of role models who were mm-hmm. mothers and, you know, professionals. And being able to learn from those amazing women have really has really helped me, um, you know, whether it's my sister's. So my sisters are quite a bit older than I am. So um, my twin sisters are seven years older. My oldest is 10 years older than I am. Um, Or the women I work with and meet through the industry. You know, um, I think that I've always been someone, and perhaps this is a a result of me being, you know, the youngest sister. I've Mm -hmm. always really been absorbing and observing what's going on around me. And finding things that I can identify with or I love that someone else is doing and then figure out a way to do it in my own life. So I feel like a lot of the, a lot of, I I give a lot of credit to the women all around me because I definitely would need more guidance if I didn't see many different versions of a roadmap in front of me and then was able to look at those different versions and then create my own version. That, that must sense? be it does. does the, that must be like a special way to look at your career too. I hadn't thought about that. Being in a female dominated industry like fashion where so mm-hmm. many women are also going to be navigating becoming moms and balancing mm-hmm. a family with work and and so there are a lot of role models where 
in a lot of industries, unfortunately, they continue to be dominated by men. And the experience that men and women are going to have in any kind of professional industry is just going to be so, so vastly different. So that's, that's awesome that you had those role models, not only in your sisters, but it sounds like at work as well. Definitely. I mean, I have friends who are in finance or, or more male-dominated industries, and mm-hmm. it's definitely a challenge. You know, I, I could say I feel very lucky being in the industry I work in because I also think being a mom is so humanizing, mm-hmm. right? Like you, for me, it's always made women who were in very powerful positions more approachable. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always felt more connected, you know, with, I have a lot of role models who aren't moms, but I've always felt very connected to the women that I work with who are moms, because I just think there's this like humanizing quality of like, Hey, I know this is really important, but I have to go to my kid's dance recital. So like, can you cover this for me? Because I got to go, you know, <laughs> like there's just something so magical about that. Um, I was actually sitting this week was New York fashion week and I was sitting um, next to this woman who I really admire at one of the shows. And, um, she works at a different company and she was telling, you know, we, we were talking about the week and how, how it's going. And instead of saying, you know, this was the best runway show, she said, oh my gosh, my apartment just flooded and it's my son's birthday next week. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I think there's just something so human about that. And, and I always feel like if we're not having fun and not being honest, then like, what are we all doing? You know, mm-hmm. I, I just think that it's, it's important to, um, acknowledge what else is important in our lives besides just work. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it's, it's true that being a mom is so humanizing and connecting with other moms. I mean, you've never talked to a mom that hasn't had poop on her hands, someone else's poop on her own hands. And it's like the most glamorous woman in the world has had poop on her hands. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, It's crazy. It's like so incredible. When I saw Rihanna at the Super Bowl, as soon as she was like showing her situation, I was like, oh my God, she's yeah. pregnant again. <laughs> I know. You know Everyone in the room was like, that. like, oh, she's pregnant again. But like, it's so amazing what mothers can do. It is. Really powerful. It really is. You mentioned some of your travel. You mentioned finding out that you were pregnant right before a big trip. So you yeah. travel to a lot of incredible destinations. I'm sure they're amazing trips as part of your work. I'm sure they're very busy. But that's also really challenging, I think, as a mom to leave your kid, not only for, I mean, I think it's hard enough for for pleasure, it's probably even more difficult for work. So what has that experience been like for you? And how have you navigated that situation, especially as your daughter's still relatively young? So um, I think I said earlier, I'm I'm a Pisces. So I'm a very emotional person um, to begin with. So the first time I left Rose um, for a week, it was for Milan Fashion Week. Um, I was crying for weeks leading up to this situation. You know, <laughs> I was just yeah. sort of a mess. Um, anytime I would think about it, I would cry. I could probably cry right now if I start thinking about it. <laughs> but, um, you know, it was funny because I remember texting one of my coworkers who has children. She has three kids mm-hmm. saying like, oh, um, oh, my gosh, like, how are you feeling? about leaving the kids because her two of her kids are actually the same age as Rose. It's like, mm-hmm. how are you feeling? You know, like expecting her to write back this whole sob story the way I was feeling. And she's like, you know what? I'm so excited. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> you're right. You know, like, like, like the, there's, you're right in some level, you know? So mm-hmm. at that moment I kind of had to take a second and say like, okay, wait a second, you know? Um, but the first time it was really hard. 
Um, I definitely cried leading up to it. When I got to the airport, I mean, the drama is so real with me, Gabriella. Like when I got to the airport, I saw the stuffed giraffe sitting in the in the terminal with no child around. It was so bizarre. I don't know why the stuffed giraffe was there. <laughs> of course, my daughter has a stuffed giraffe that looks just like that stuffed giraffe. So I was like having this moment of like, this is her way of saying hello to me or saying like, it's okay. You can go on this trip, you know? Yeah. And it, it's just always so ironic because I remember thinking like my entire life, I've wanted to go to Europe Fashion Week, right? Like that's been a goal mm -hmm. of mine my whole life. And then when I finally reached the goal, I'm crying at the airport, not because I'm happy, because I'm torn leaving my daughter. Yeah. Um, so it's just so funny because sometimes things in life happen all at once. You know, I, I just was listening to an interview about Rihanna too, speaking of Rihanna again, and someone said, oh, wow, um, like, can you believe like that you were going to be um, perform at the Super Bowl, you know, at this time in your life? Yeah. And she said, it, of course, it's this time. Like, like, it would only be this time. Right. Because that's just sort of how life works. Um, I am leaving, you know, again. So I, that was a big trip and that was a lot. And then I fly out for Mom Fashion Week again. And, you know, I definitely can see the silver lining a bit better now, you mm -hmm. know, perhaps not as much as the coworker I mentioned earlier. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think taking care of yourself is really important. Um, taking care of yourself as a woman, as a mother, mm -hmm. as uh, now I'm a pregnant woman. So, you know, I can't say that I'm not, you know, excited to wake up in my bed. You know, I love when my daughter calls to me every single morning and says, mommy, mommy, my, my favorite thing ever. Yeah. But the idea that perhaps I'll be able to sleep a little bit more is compelling, you know? <laughs> um, so now I'm trying to sort of look at the silver linings and really also sort of honor myself and, and feel like, you know what, like I worked really hard, like for a long time and that's why I'm here and I deserve to enjoy this trip um, and sort of take my own version of a little baby moon before I have two kids. You know, it's not a baby moon. I'll be working a lot, but <laughs> you know how it is when you work a job and you have kids, you're 24 seven, right? Yes, never. You're always working. You're always working. So at some level, you know, when I'm done you know, with fashion shows and dinners and presentations, and I come back in my hotel room, it's just me. I'll probably be looking on my phone at pictures of my daughter. <laughs> I'll probably be <laughs> watching videos, perhaps crying, depending on the day, but I will be sort of like off the clock. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm excited about that. It's, and, and those things can coexist. What you said is a good reminder of that, that you can be really excited to go on a trip that's going to be a wonderful work trip without your kids, but then also really sad to leave them. Um, yes. th both of those things can be true and coexist at the same time. It does not have to be one or the other. It's a, it's a good perspective to have. And <laughs> I actually like what your coworker said, because it makes sense. It's a good reminder totally. that you are totally allowed to go on a trip and, and not obsess over how your kids are doing. What other challenges have you encountered uh, being a full-time working mom with a daughter? Anything specific on a day-to-day -day basis or just general challenges about how you balance the two? I think the biggest challenge is mom guilt. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think I haven't ever, I've never met a woman who is a mother who doesn't deal with mom guilt in some level, you know? Like, mm -hmm. I think that 
so how I've been able to handle that or navigate that is just by really looking into myself and trusting myself and prioritizing the things that matter versus the things that matter less. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that this week is a good example. You know, it's been New York Fashion Week, but I've really opted to not go to a lot of things because I just know in the back of my mind, I'm leaving on Monday. I need mm-hmm. to just bank these hours for myself right. and for my daughter and for my husband. So um, I think that that's been the biggest challenge. And I think the other thing that like, there's just so much to do. Like I've never met someone who's not ordering groceries on their cell phone while they're in an Uber mm-hmm. on their way to an appointment while their boss is calling them while they're thinking, Oh my God, I didn't have a coffee today. That's why I have a headache. You know, like there's just yeah. so much going on. So I think, um, you know, being honest about those things is helpful. And just, you know, I, I try to delegate things to my husband that I know are, um, you know, things that he could accomplish. So, mm-hmm. you know, something that we established very early on in our, um, you know, marriage and partnership as parents has been, he always does bath time. Um, if he's not working late, he always does bath time. So, and, you know, even last night, He was working late, but he came home just as I was sort of bringing Rose upstairs. And I personally don't love bath time, I think, because it just hasn't been my thing. And I just, yeah. but literally, and Rose is such a mommy's girl. Like we are like connected, you know, like emotionally. And as soon as she saw my husband, Colin, walk in the door, she was like, oh no, daddy's going to give me the bath. So like, (laughs) you know, I feel like it's been such a great um, routine for us because then within that 20, 30 minutes, I can choose to sit and scroll on my phone or I could choose to clean up the toys or Mm -hmm. I could call my boss back or I can eat something. You know, like I just think it's delegating is really important. Truthfully, I cannot say, I cannot thank my family enough for everything they've done, my parents and my in-laws, because I think that's truly why we moved to Long Island Mm -hmm. because of Pika Village and they've been so incredibly helpful um, in raising my daughter while my husband and I both work full time. Yeah, so. it's great to have that family support. Is just having you know someone that you can call, especially like an in case emergency contact is also like just totally. really nice. Like someone that you know will, will drop everything if you really really need them. Do you have any other forms of a support system um, in terms of like childcare? You mentioned ordering groceries, which I think we all do now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Childcare, house cleaning, friends that are really helpful, or just you know, your the people that you call when you need to vent, anything like that. All of the above, I'd say. <laughs> um, I <laughs> I have so Rose is in school now. She's two and a half, so she goes to school. Mm-hmm. So she's in school two days a week. I only signed her up for two days because I just wasn't sure. Like this was her first time going to school. I wasn't sure how she was going to like it, how it was going to work. You know, right. So, but she loves it. So in hindsight, I wish I signed her up for more days. Um, but she's in school Tuesdays a week. And then my mother-in-law um, watches my daughter one day a week. And then we have a nanny babysitter watch her the other two days. Um, and then my mom, so my parents live in the same town as we do. So they're here kind of constantly, like for mm-hmm. after hours or, you know, so they don't have like a official, they actually pick her up from school. Just kidding. Okay. They pick her up from school on Mondays and Fridays. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it takes a village and like, it's just anything you could delegate, I delegate. I think mental health is like so important. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a creative person too, like when, like, 
there's this quote or something that like creative people just need time to do nothing. Yeah. And I find that to be so true with myself. Like I just need to be alone and either like in silence or like watching Love Island UK, which if you haven't <laughs> watched it, I haven't. Um, it's it's pretty amazing. And or Housewives or whatever you watch, you know, like Zone just, Out TV. Yeah, bad TV. Like I'm just into it, and it's I I need that downtime, you know. Yeah, definitely. The I actually just had another conversation. I forget. I've done a lot of interviews lately, and someone else was saying that like they feel bad when they're not reading a book and then they realize that like they need they need the TV more than they need the book and I'm like, "Yes, we all need to give ourselves permission to watch trash TV because there's a certain level of decompression that you're not getting from a book." I'm sorry. Yes. And I love to read, but like yeah. Like sometimes you just need your brain to be shut off. Um, so I hear yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. I actually love audiobooks. I started doing that yeah. as I became a mom with walks or, mm-hmm. you know, commutes or anything like that. I, I really like, um, I, I feel like I've been, I've been able to read more through audiobooks. Yeah. And I think they work well for nonfiction. Parenting books are what I've listened to on audiobooks because it's not like yeah. you don't feel you're not like hanging on the next word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when the car mm-hmm. stops and you turn off the car, it's okay. You're like, okay, we'll come back to the uh, one, two, three magic when right. we're done with this. Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> Um, You mentioned your creativity, and I know your personal style is obviously a part of that, especially given your line of work. Um, How do you think your style has evolved since having kids? And do you have any tips for maintaining a sense of style and feeling put together after you have kids? Because I know that is a challenge of its own. (laughs) Yeah, that is a challenge. Um, I would say my style, I would describe my style always as like classic with a little bit of a twist mm-hmm. or a little bit of an edge, you know? I think that, like, when I was younger, I certainly, before I had kids, I was certainly more, like, trend-focused and, like, you know, would take bigger risks and things like that. Now I find myself investing in better pieces, you know, mm-hmm. higher-quality pieces and having a smaller wardrobe that just works together with really great pieces, whether it's just, like, cashmere sweaters in every color really great denim, really great blazers, things that I could really wear a bunch of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that like, yeah, in terms of my style changing, now my edge, I would say, is less so within clothing, more so within accessories, mm-hmm. you know? So I feel like my clothing is a little bit more classic and then maybe I'll add like a silver bag, you know, or a cool earring. I would say that's how I sort of, have that sense of a little bit of coolness, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of like taking care of yourself and feeling good every day, I mean, there's nothing more important. For me, I really, I cannot, like if I'm in pajamas three days in a row, it just makes me crazy for yeah. me. You know, like it just makes me crazy. It's really hard. And I, I think that's you. why pregnancy is hard for me too, because I don't look like myself, you know? Yeah. There's definitely like a mind and you understand me, you're pregnant. Like, it's totally a mind. I, I don't want to say mind. Fuck. I don't think I could say mind. You know, it and like no one understands it. And no, it's, I and totally it, agree. It's totally I mean, I'm only five two. So like, I feel like by the end, I'm like just as horizontal as I am vertical. And <laughs> it is what it is, you know, but it so 
like I think for me, um, taking care of myself uh, through pregnancy and through motherhood is really important. So some of the things that have made me feel better are um, I also cover beauty for Bloomingdale's. So like mm-hmm. skincare routines, beauty routines, taking time to take care of yourself um, on that in that aspect has been really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely have a lot of recommendations when it comes to that stuff. I mean, I think simply, you know, even I have this body scrub that I buy time after time. Um, like I think in the beginning, the brand sent it to me. And then I just now I can't stop buying it because it truly just makes me feel like I'm at a spot. And for that 30 seconds, even before my daughter comes in and is like, hi, next to my shower door, <laughs> like, because my husband's supposed to be watching her and then all of yeah. a sudden she's at oh, the door. I, yeah, I get that too. Right? <laughs> we get it. So like, even for that 30 minutes, it smells beautiful. My skin feels really soft. And like, that just checks a box for me, you know? So yeah. I think whatever boxes that, whatever your boxes are, it's important to check them for yourself, you know, whether it's 30 seconds or 30 minutes, I I think it all matters. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I think (laughs) pregnancy especially is a really difficult time. And then you add pregnancy and having a young kid and you're like, I don't feel like myself ever. Um, so honing in on those routines, I just said to a friend the other day, we met up with them and she wasn't wearing a lot of makeup and she was like, oh, I can't even get makeup on myself when I go out the door. But her outfit was like adorable. You know, she looked great. And I was like, well, I put on makeup now like more than I did when I wasn't pregnant because that is something that I can control when I have three yeah. things in my closet that fit. So I'm going to put on makeup <laughs> Yes, because like otherwise I will not feel like myself at all. So it's about those little things that really do make you feel like yourself even when you're chasing around a toddler or heavily pregnant. So Yes. I, I think agree. also making things easy for yourself in terms of like outfit formulas and um, getting dressed. So like something within pregnancy, it's something that I do when I'm not pregnant also, but like something within pregnancy that I find myself doing is this like monochromatic dressing mm-hmm. because you always feel a little bit put t- more put together. So even if you're wearing like olive green leggings with like an olive green sweater or an olive green like half zip, like mm-hmm automatically look more put together even though you're just wearing leggings and a sweatshirt right yeah so I feel like that monochromatic dressing has really helped so if I'm wearing head-to-toe camel or you know sometimes it's black sometimes it's gray um you know I find that that's an easy formula that I've been able to introduce into my wardrobe to make myself feel put together um and it's it doesn't take that long you don't have to think about it. That's a, that is a good tip. Are there any items or things that you kind of see as part of your uniform, um, both pregnancy-wise or mom-wise, um, just things you really love and find yourself constantly reaching for? So pregnancy-wise, there's there's faux leather leggings from Commando. If you follow me on Instagram, you know I talk about them almost every day. But I really, every single time someone gets them and then messages me and tells me how much they love them, I'm, it make, brings me so much joy. So it was recommendation from a friend of mine. She recommended them to me. They're not pregnant. They're not maternity, um, but they don't have a top seam. So okay. they're totally seamless. They're stretchy. They come in a crop flare. They come in a skinny. They even come in a long flare, which I'm tempted to buy this time around. Um, but you just order a size or two sizes up mm-hmm. and they really just make you feel great because I don't wear, 
I don't like to feel uncomfortable ever. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm not the person who's like putting my jeans with like the, the hair scrunchy thing. No, like I'm not, I'm not messing with that, you know? So like these faux leather leggings, they look like they're leather and they're Uh amazing. Do you have them? I don't. I have the Spanx actually maternity. I have both the maternity and the non-maternity leather leggings, but they are, they're, they're like the Spanx fabric, even in maternity. So they yeah. like get uncomfortable actually towards the end because they're heavy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't know about the commando ones. Spanx are amazing. No shade on Spanx, but these commando ones have truly changed my life. And I could say they've changed many of my friends' lives because they're so awesome. And you can wear them postpartum, pre. Yeah. Like, I was thinking especially that. if you're working and you want to feel put together or you're going out to dinner or, or a date night, like they're just the perfect pants. And then mm-hmm. I just am always wearing them with like a blazer and a tank top or a big cashmere sweater over. Um, they're just so versatile and such a good like closet staple. I'll have to check those out. Um, it sounds like they could be good for for postpartum as well, like you said. Yes. Um, and what is the name of the body wash that you mentioned? Because I want to check that out too. Oh my gosh, it's um, Osea. It's Salt of the Earth. Okay. Body scrub. It's pink. It uses like pink Himalayan salt. I'll send you a whole sounds list amazing. Of stuff. Okay, perfect. Sounds amazing. I have to I have to get. <laughs> you deserve that. it all. <laughs> um who inspires you so I guess professionally um fashion wise as a mom are there any accounts that you love to follow or brands that you really love and and think they're doing awesome things so many um you know I think I because of the industry I work in I've been really fortunate to um meet a lot of the people that I admire or Mm -hmm. I've met and then they've become people that I follow and I admire. Um, I would say one of my, fr- I could call her, definitely call her a friend who I met uh, maybe last year or the year before is um, Cy De Silva. She's, her account is Scout the City. Um, she's a mom of two. Um, she's going to be actually one of the new Real Housewives of New York. Oh, wow. And one of like the thing that really uh, like sealed the deal for me in terms of like, ooh, you're my, you're my people is we were just we just wrapped filming. We did this. Um, we filmed one of those. We filmed Bloomingdale's on screen with Manolo and Birkenstock when Manolo mm-hmm. and Birkenstock launched their collaboration last year. And um, right after we wrapped, she's like, "Yeah, like I'm gonna go to Trader Joe's right after this." It was like we wrap at like seven o'clock at night. You know, she's like, "Yeah, yeah, like I have no food in my house. I gotta go to Trader Joe's because the kids have school tomorrow and X Y Z and like." This woman is so glamorous, you know, yeah. like, so it was just so, you know, she, she's so cool. She's so funny. She's so honest. And I think mm-hmm. in an industry where there can be a lot of fake people, um, she's definitely one of the real ones. So um, I love her and I, I love seeing her out and about. That's cool. I'll have to check her out. Yeah, it's a good reminder, though, that even the most glamorous women still have to go to Trader Joe's. They have to feed their kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, by the way, if you know any good products at Trader Joe's, share them. Like, I feel like we are as a community of like working moms or just moms in general. Yeah. You know, no gatekeeping. You know what I mean? Like, we all we need all the help we can get. (laughs) What is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten about motherhood? Pay attention to yourself. It's a good one. Figure out what works for you. And don't compare yourself to other people. Yeah. That last one is key. Easier said than yeah. done. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could compare yourself to other people until the cows come home. You know, like mm-hmm. it's just 
it's a never ending in social media world, you know, um, I think it's important to listen to yourself and listen to what works for you. So I personally am not affected by all of that in social media, but I have Mm -hmm. many friends who have like muted accounts or went off of it for a while. And like, you should, you know, you really have to pay attention to your own mental health because you will be the best version. Like if you're the best version of yourself, you'll be the best wife you could be. You'll be the best mother you could be. You'll be the best colleague you can be. Um, So I think just really focusing on yourself, not focusing on yourself, but taking a second to listen to yourself and what your needs are, mm-hmm. um, I think is really important because we all have needs and we all need to, um, you know, really take care of ourselves. Yeah, definitely. I interviewed someone, I guess it was in the fall. I think it was, um, Emily Testilla master. She has a baby rap company and she said, um, keep your eyes on your own paper. Yeah. And it was such Love a good that. way of thinking about it. Cause I'm like, yeah, it's, but it's, it's totally true. It's like, keep your eyes on your own paper. Like you don't need to be, you don't need to be looking at what other people are doing. Focus, like concentrate on what you're doing to hand it in. Yeah. Like that's the important mm-hmm. part with is going on in the room is not, that's not going to yeah. get you anywhere. So it's very yeah. good reminder. Last question. Where can listeners find you online um, to follow you or, or learn more, connect with you? Um, so Instagram is definitely my favorite social media platform. Yep. So my name on Instagram is just marissa.galante.frank. So that's where I have like all pregnancy recommendations or, you know, it's really a lot of rose content. So if you're interested in seeing what my daughter is doing, (laughs) um, or work stuff or fashion content. Um, and then I just started doing TikTok a little bit more. Okay. So that's sort of new. So I think my account is the same same or or you could find my TikTok through my Instagram but um, yep. I'm starting to do that because I really like consuming TikTok mm-hmm. I just don't think um, I hasn't been as you I haven't found it as user friendly so it's been harder for me to to like create the content um, yeah. but but I'm starting to like get my feet wet with that but I really love Instagram I mean it's it's great I love the save feature it's it's awesome so yeah that's random and then of course Blooming Nails I feel like if if you those our virtual events are amazing. So please join us for any of those. We answer questions live on the air. Um, so, you know, we're constantly recommending products we love or gift ideas, um, you name it. So, yeah. Okay, great. I will link all of that in the show notes as well. And I have to say that you are very active on Instagram. It's in like in like a, a real way. Um, you get to do a lot of cool things, but it's not overly curated. So I, I definitely appreciate that. Who has time to curate it? You know, like, that's what I always wonder. (laughs) Gen Z. I guess so. Right. I mean, how many kids do they have? I'm not sure, but I don't have time to curate it. (laughs) No, I totally hear you. So thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so glad we we connected and we had this conversation. Um, Loved hearing more about your work. It was so interesting to me and, and all your takeaways were great. So thank you. Thank you. This was so much fun. I I really appreciate you having me. You can follow Marissa on Instagram at marissa.galante.frank. That's M-A-R-I-S-S-A dot G-A-L-A-N-T-E dot F-R-A-N-K. And can check out the Bloomingdale's events she referenced on bloomingdales.com. 
All links to her mentions are listed on her guest list post on motherhooddesign.com. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and the small business owners it features. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a five-star rating or review on Apple or Spotify. I really appreciate your support in doing so. You can also follow along with the podcast at Motherhood Designed on Instagram or motherhooddesign.com for more info about guests, including their mentions and recommendations from each episode. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And until next time, take care.